What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, there's a lot of news to get into. And when there's a lot of news with this team, it's not often good news. So that's where we have to start today because we didn't even know that Hunter Henry was injured. And we find out today that Hunter Henry is going to miss some extended time, has a fracture in his knee. He's not on injured reserve. So that's the good news. We'll talk about that. But also in Chargers news, the Chargers Signed cornerback Dante Johnson, who's a former fourth-round pick from the San Francisco 49ers. And to do that, they had to move someone around, and that player was Trevor Williams, who is still on the team, but he gets moved to injured reserve, which is very surprising. He's a guy we thought might be coming back in the next few weeks, and now he's on injured reserve. So the Chargers are without their starting tight end again after last season. And their starting cornerback from the start of last season is also on injured reserve to bring in Dante Johnson. So the injuries continue. We'll talk about that in the first segment. In the second segment, we'll break it down a little bit more and tell you the impact of all of these moves. And then to wrap up the show today, we're going to be doing our keys to the game for the game against the Lions. And we'll be talking defense today. We'll get into offense tomorrow, but... Today, we'll be talking what the Chargers need to do defensively against the Lions to have some success. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined as always with John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. Very bad news today, you guys, because we found out today that Hunter Henry suffered a tibial plateau fracture to his left knee in Sunday's game against the Colts which might seem surprising since he was out there on the game-winning touchdown throwing a block, which shows you the toughness of Hunter Henry. But unfortunately, Hunter Henry will be missing a significant amount of time. Ian Rappaport reported the injury this morning on Thursday as we recorded this. And now we know that the Chargers are not moving Hunter Henry to injured reserve. They are going to keep him on the roster, which means he will not be out eight weeks, you would think, because that's the minimum you have to be out if you go on injured reserve. You have to miss the next eight weeks at least. The reports have been that Hunter Henry will probably miss sometime between four and six weeks, which could be good news depending on how you're looking at it, just because when I saw this, I automatically assumed he was out for the season, David, but he's not. He will be coming back in about a month, hopefully, but... It just really shines a light on the lack of depth at tight end this season on the Chargers. You have Sean Colkin and Virgil Green as the only two healthy tight ends on the roster right now. And we all saw the impact that missing Hunter Henry had last season. And now, at least for a little bit of time, David, they're without their star tight end again. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel bad for the guy. I mean, he coming off of a really bad injury, really amped up to get going. He was feeling good feeling strong, looked good in camp, and he gets hurt in the first game. It's just, man, it, you, you, like I said, you just got to feel really bad for him. But, hey, obviously, you know, with this team, it's next man up. And 
So, yeah, the next guy up is going to be Matt Sokol, a, a guy that was playing a little bit in the preseason, uh, made most of his moves in the last preseason game, looked pretty decent, made a couple of catches. So expect the Chargers to bring him up just to add some depth to a very thin position. Well, and you know that John Kegley is definitely on the Antonio Gates watch. He's the first guy that pops up, obviously, with a Hunter Henry injury happening. And we'll talk about that more in Antonio Gates in the next segment. But first, John, I just want to talk to you about this surprising news that Trevor Williams is getting put on IR. It kind of happened the same way last season. He missed a few weeks. We were very unsure about the injury this year. It's still uncertain what exactly the injury is we know it has something to do with this quad but the severity has been very vague so far the chargers move him to ir to bring in dante johnson a guy who played with the 49ers but did not make their 53-man roster to start the season this year what do you think about those moves well with dante johnson i i'm kind of surprised he got cut from the niners squad the fact he didn't make it is either a lack of talent somewhere else, or they were just set. So there's a lot of questions I have. But with Trevor Williams, I was behind the scenes wondering when they would do it. When are they going to put an IR and just go with somebody else? This guy's been injured forever, and we don't even have a clear idea of what it is. I've been wanting him just to be on IR, let him miss the first eight weeks of the season, and then if we need him, he can come back. If we don't need him, he can stay there. We need to have active players on this roster. We already have a lot of injuries. It was time for it to happen, and I'm glad it happened. Well, you need guys that are going to be able to play, especially with Michael Davis going down and missing some time, because that's really the chain that set this whole reaction off was Michael Davis getting injured with a hamstring injury early in the game against the Colts. We're still very unsure of how long he's going to be out. So look for the Chargers to potentially add Matt Sokol to the roster. Look for the Chargers to potentially not be done looking at corners to bring in on this team because of the lack of depth at the position right now. The Chargers have a litany of very crucial injuries very early on in the season, and it looks right now like their best chance to get what most resembles a completely healthy roster is going to come sometime between weeks six and eight when you could potentially get Hunter Henry back Russell Okung back and Melvin Gordon might return from that holdout. At least what we've heard from Michael Davis so far, he probably shouldn't be out that long if he's not going on injured reserve and they're moving Trevor Williams there. So he's already closer to being not injured than Trevor Williams. Really devastating news for the Chargers on the Hunter Henry front, specifically for him as a person. But we're going to be getting into that more in the second segment, talking about the ramifications that it has on the Chargers missing their Pro Bowl tight end Hunter Henry for at least the next four weeks, anywhere between four to six weeks are what the reports say. But the Chargers have a game coming up, guys. And if you're looking to book your next trip to the Chargers games, if you're doing it with five North Bowl or however you're getting up to the game, you're going to want to use Vivid Seats to buy those tickets. Vivid Seats is an online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that lasts a lifetime. What is the price you can put on a great experience with all your friends? Probably drinking adult beverages, but you don't have to. But if you're going to go out, if you're going to go see a concert, if you're going to go see a football game, a baseball game, a basketball game, when that season starts, you're going to want to do it with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing experience, as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. 
Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled with the Vivid Seeds Rewards loyalty program and will enjoy credits on all of their purchases as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. The best part about it, guys, is you will never get turned away from whatever live event that you're attending because all Vivid Seats are confirmed by 100% guarantee. Right now, we have a special deal for our listener. If you guys are going to use Vivid Seats to go buy some tickets for the next event you're going to, make sure to enter our promo code to kick off at checkout and you can receive a discount up to a hundred dollars so get your seats with vivid seats and use the promo code kickoff at checkout to receive up to a hundred dollars off all right guys time to get into the next segment talking more about this devastating hunter henry news injury news hunter henry will be out for the next four to six weeks we obviously have a good sample size of what this team looks like offensively without Hunter Henry, considering he missed all of last season due to a torn ACL and was only able to make it back for the final game against the Patriots and didn't have a catch in that game. But needless to say, he's been working his ass off to get back to this team. To see that, John, for a guy who has been so productive when he's been on the field, was never really hurt in college, was a pretty sturdy and durable player, to see the kind of injury look that he's had the last few years just makes you feel terribly for him. I mean, he's always been a guy whose teammates absolutely loved him. He's been a great locker room guy as well as being a super productive tight end as well. I mean, if you take his four catches for six yards in the first game and you span it out over an entire season, I mean, you're looking at somewhere close to 70 catches and over 900 yards. So even though it was just a modest game from him, I think we were all expecting a big season out of Hunter Henry this year. And now he's missing a month. John, what do you think that does to this offense right now, leaving you with only tight ends, Virgil Green and Sean Culkin left to catch passes from Phillip Rivers? I think it hurts the offense tremendously. We already are lacking at the offensive line part of it. And you need the tight end to be your outlet guy on on this offense. You need someone that's going to be there to catch passes when pressure's in Rivers' face, and that guy is Hunter Henry. Virgil Green's not going to be that guy. We haven't seen Colkin be that guy yet, so we don't have any reason to trust him to be that guy yet. The only other guy that was that guy was Antonio Gates. He's not on this roster, so you have nobody to be that outlet guy, and Mike Williams is already hurt too. So it's already looking really bad right now for this offense. Unless we somehow magically get an offensive line, the loss of Hunter Henry is going to be tremendous and i don't even know how to word this for you but basically if hunter henry somehow misses more than the four to six weeks and you're stuck with virgil green we might basically have one of the worst offenses in the league and the defense is going to have to win our games that's the best way i can word that for you. i'm not going to put that much on hunter henry i mean last year you go 12 and 4 without him you had antonio gates who obviously filled some of that production. But the production you got as a whole out of the tight end group last year was terrible. I mean, it was one of the worst tight end groups in the league as far as production goes. I mean, Virgil Green dropped three passes and had like nine catches last season. That's not going to get it done for the Chargers this year. Sean Colkin is a guy who's been around for a few years and has only one NFL catch on his resume. It's not looking good as far as production goes. And I think you saw in the first game how much of an impact John he had as a run blocker, too. Like you said, the offensive line is already banged up. They need as much help as they can get. 
you saw in that first game with Hunter Henry out there helping run block, it absolutely opened some lanes for the running backs. And I don't think you can necessarily assume that's going to happen with Virgil Green and Sean Colkin, even though Virgil Green is known as a really good blocker, not as sold. I thought Hunter Henry was better in game one. It's going to be a huge impact on the Chargers. We all knew how important he was that like a couple years ago, it was always the key to the game was get Hunter Henry involved. That was a key last week. It going into the first game against the Colts was get Hunter Henry involved. And that's what it would have been all season. But unfortunately he's not around and the Chargers are going to have to make do for the next month and try to keep this season afloat, missing some of their key players like Trevor Williams, who David was in a position battle to be a starting cornerback on this team before he got injured in the off season, he's stayed injured and now he gets moved to injured reserve. He never made it in to any sort of action for the chargers after being such a pivotal player for the chargers in 2017 was a starting cornerback was a really good cornerback in the league last year, got off to a slow start due to injuries before finally getting moved on injured reserve. And now with the chargers signing Dante Johnson he gets put on injured reserve again. Another guy I feel bad for because the talent is there. He earned his way from being an undrafted free agent to being a starter on the Chargers. And now injuries have really derailed that. But more importantly, David, you went into this feeling really good. This season, feeling good about four cornerbacks, Casey Hayward, Desmond King, Michael Davis, and Trevor Williams. And now Williams and Davis are both hurt, leaving you with only two guys you feel good about and leaving Brandon Faison as the starter coming up this week. It's not a very warm feeling when you hear that Brandon Faison is going to be on the other side of Casey Hayward because, like I mentioned before, they picked on him, and he did not adjust. So that's a big problem going forward. Hopefully they can get Dante Johnson ready quickly, and he can come in and work some in. There's also other players that can contribute, like hopefully Roderick Teamer can come back. Jalen Watkins has some history uh, playing corner. Nazir Adley could p- potentially help as well, although I, they haven't played him there at any point. Uh, I mean, although he still has the ability. But, yeah, it's a very, very shaky in very shaky position group. And, you know, you thought you were going to have a really good position battle going into training camp, but Trevor Williams just never got on the field. And, unfortunately, uh, we kind of hate to bring out that injury-prone label, but it's starting to creep up on – on Trevor Williams and you know it's unfortunate but hopefully he can get healthy and contribute to this team later on in the year you have to hope so because well even if you're playing those guys out of position it doesn't necessarily make you super confident that that's a playoff caliber group right there or even a Super Bowl caliber group right there so you it doesn't feel very good right now to be a Charger fan because hey you have absolutely been snake bitten you've had Probably the worst luck outside of Andrew Luck as far as injuries and players not being able to go. So right now, out of the starters from last year and the starters from 2017, these are the guys you're missing right now. You're missing Melvin Gordon, Russell Okung, Derwin James, Hunter Henry, Michael Davis, and Trevor Williams. A couple other guys that have started, Denzel Perryman and Jatavis Brown, have only been limited in practice so far this season and aren't even for sure going to play this week. So it's been absolutely devastating. It's just another feather in the Chargers cap of being able to have the most injured team every season. And it's hard to really even be mad about the training staff for this one. I mean, we're talking about a fractured knee 
a broken foot, a pulmonary embolism. These aren't things that you're able to avoid. These are just crazy freak things that happen, and there's really just nothing you can do. But getting back to Dante Johnson, the guy who is able to play right now, has 22 starts in his career, two interceptions and 145 tackles, mostly with the 49ers. That's where all of his starts came. In his last full season as a starter, according to Pro Football Focus, Johnson had a coverage grade of 49.9. The passer rating when he was targeted was 108.7. He allowed five touchdowns and committed 12 penalties. So we know he's just a depth piece right now. Brandon Faison's going to be the starter, but it's really hard when you see numbers like that, Whether no matter how you feel about pro football focus, to get excited about this guy. I mean, whether or not he performed well in the preseason, it still doesn't really breathe confidence. But we do have one more segment to get into talking about this game because we haven't got to talk about this coming up game against the Lions this weekend who are coming into this game 0-0-1, somehow having a tie in the first week. So on today's show, we're going to be breaking down how the Chargers can succeed against the Lions defensively coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that it's not only football season, it's betting season. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you're going to take that money. So why would you? So why do you keep picking winners when you're looking at these games on Sunday and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. If I have a great feeling about a game, if I see a line that's absolutely ridiculous, like the line that Miami had last week against Baltimore, I think Miami was plus seven and then ended up getting beat by 50. If you see a line like that, guys, and you want to put some money down, make sure you're doing it with my bookie because I wouldn't be telling you guys to go there unless they were the best. And they are. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you can bet on these games even after kickoff has happened? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just go to the other side and bet on the other team. Right now, if you join my bookie, they will double your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, one word to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKED ON with my bookie. You can throw 100 bucks down. They're going to match that $100 today when you visit mybookie.ag today and enter that promo code. Locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, time to get into the final segment of the show and finally getting to talk about some football that's happening on the field instead of talking about all the guys who can't play this weekend. Let's go ahead and get into it, guys. The Lions are a weird team with weird expectations. No one really knows if the Lions are any good or not, and they definitely didn't show it last week when they blew a 24-6 to lead against the Cardinals and ended up tying 27-27 to in overtime. And nobody likes to start off their season with a tie. The Lions players have already said they're treating it as a loss so they can try to balance it back from it. But this is a kind of a weird offense to look at because on the surface, It looks like it would be a very good offense. They have a lot of good skill players. You have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. on the outside. You have a young running back in Carrion Johnson who was super productive in college and was very productive down the stretch of last season. And we all know the Lions have never really been able to have guys who can get 100 yards rushing in a single game. It's been their Achilles heel. They have historically been one of the worst running teams over the last, what, 10 seasons? Ever since Matthew Stafford has been there, they've never really had a running game 
I know that for sure. And then you have Matthew Stafford, a guy who makes some mistakes, has a big arm, is willing to throw it all around the field, and a head coach in Matt Patricia who comes from that Bill Belichick Patriots tree that never seems to work out. So, John, we're going to talk defensive keys in this game. The Chargers are traveling to Detroit for this game, so it's going to be a road game in a dome on the road. So that bodes well for the Chargers offensively, but defensively this team has a lot of questions to answer. Whether or not the Lions have been good on defense, we know one thing with Matt Patricia as the head coach, they want to be a running football team. I know when you guys were talking to Locked On Lions yesterday, Matt Derry kind of echoed that statement. This is a team that wants to be run first. So, John, if there was one thing that you were scared about the Chargers for this week, you'd probably be the run defense because of how it performed last week. So that being said, what are your keys defensively for the Chargers to not have a meltdown on Sunday? It would be tackling. And the reason for that is in the running game, you're going to have guys like Kerryon Johnson, who's a powerful kind of guy. He can lower that shoulder and get through you. And he's also pretty fast. And if you can't tackle him, it's, he's going to beat you. He will beat you. And if you were if he's beating you, then that means C.J. Anderson will probably beat you as well. Chargers tend to have struggled against him when he was on the Broncos. They had trouble tackling him. Granted, it's a new, it's a different roster than last time he was on the Broncos, but still, he was a problem for the Chargers to tackle. There's also a guy who's a wide receiver named Kenny Galladay, who is a stud athlete wide receiver. He can run it. He's fast. He's elusive. He will beat you deep. But he is a guy that they could use with a reverse or something. And if you don't tackle him, he will beat you. So I think tackling has got to be the number one key defensively across the board, whether they run it or pass it. Absolutely. I mean, tackling is a huge key defensively. And although Thomas Davis leads the NFL right now with tackles of 14, it was not a strong point in week one. And he obviously missed the biggest tackle on T.Y. Hilton when he ends up sneaking in for that touchdown, took a bad angle, over-pursued, and missed the tackle, which ended up you know, leading to the game being tied. So tackling is going to be huge. Getting some movement up front is going to be absolutely huge in this game. Maybe we can see more than the 21 snaps that Jerry Tillery played in week one because if you're talking about guys that can get off the line of scrimmage and get some push into the pocket, I think Jerry Tillery is one of your better options on this team right now. So I think those are both important. I also am concerned about these big wide receivers. You have Marvin Jones Jr., who's six foot two. You have Kenny Galladay, as you just mentioned, that's six foot four. I'm wondering which of those guys is going to be matched up with Brandon Faison because the one thing we didn't see the Colts do last week a lot was take deep shots. This is a team I think is going to take their shots in this game for better or for worse. I mean, Matthew Stafford just threw a random pass at the end of overtime that almost ended in a pick six and they would have lost the game basically the only way they could have lost the game. So he's going to make some questionable decisions, but that might also hurt you, especially if they're targeting Brandon Faison deep, especially if Rayshon Jenkins is the help safety on that side, because we haven't really seen him tested very much so far. So David, that's one of the things I'm worried about right now is these big, tall wide receivers and the chargers back end of their secondary and how they're going to hold up. If they do finally get tested by another team trying to go deep. 
No, I mean, it's definitely an obvious concern of mine. But, you know, who? what helps the back end of the secondary is a good pass rush. And a good pass rush is definitely going to affect Matthew Stafford. But one thing I want defenders to keep in mind is also to keep contained on the outside. Because if Matthew Stafford doesn't like a look, he will run. And he has done it effectively. And, and he did it effectively against the Cardinals. So it's one thing that you have to key in on is making sure you keep contained on the outside. Don't let him get away. But... To pressure him, Matthew Stafford is notorious for feeling pressure when it's not there after he's gotten hit a couple of times. So I think the Lions want to be a run-first team, but I think they're going to abandon it pretty quickly, and you're going to see them throw the ball a lot. That's pretty much their MO. I don't think Matt Patricia is going to change that too much uh, because I frankly think they're going to be behind early, and they're going to abandon that run. So that means get after Matthew Stafford and definitely hit him as much as possible. Yeah, I expect the Lions offensive line to be better than they were last week. You heard Matt Derry talked about how bad Taylor Decker was and how he didn't really expect that to happen again. And last year, the Lions were pretty good as far as giving up pressures with that offensive line. So I think they have enough of an offensive line that it's not just going to be a feast for the Chargers defensive line. I mean, last week they got two sacks against a very good offensive line. And I'm not saying at all that the Lions line is that good because that might be the best line they face all year but they're good enough I don't know if you can only hope for your defensive line to get that pressure and really disrupt this game I mean what about some more cornerback blitzes what about some more safety blitzes those are things that we've seen a lot in the past nickel blitzes Desmond King is rookie year over three sacks you saw Derwin James get three sacks last year th- over three sacks last year so I want to see more of that and then the other guy I want to touch on John, it has to be TJ Hawkinson, who had just a ridiculous debut in his first game in the NFL. He was a guy in the draft that I was very high on. I mean, just a pleasure to watch. I didn't even watch as much of him as I would have liked just because there was no possible way that he was ever going to make it to the Chargers at 28. But I don't know if you can have a better start to your career if you're a tight end than TJ Hawkinson, because all he did in the first game against the Cardinals was bust out for six catches over a hundred yards in his first ever game, got in the end zone as well. So John, when you're talking about a weapon like that, he's a very good run blocker. He's a good pass blocker and he's a great receiver as well. And I think with the charge right now, who do you have to match up against that? Is it going to be Adrian Phillips? Is it going to be Rayshon Jenkins? He has good size. And I think for this Chargers team right now and what Thomas Davis looked like, I don't think you can ask him to do it. So I think, John, the Chargers really need to focus on slowing down TJ Hawkinson because I think he's a big playmaker that with all the other things you have going on, you definitely don't want to see him have a breakout game again. I would like to maybe use Drew Tranquil, maybe. He's a fast, elusive guy who's shown that he can tackle. exactly what I was thinking. I I think you could match him on there. And the Lions like to go with a three-wide receiver type look and have the tight end usually on the, the weaker side. So if you have two wide receivers to the left, TJ Hawkinson's going to be on the right side. If you have trips to the left, TJ Hawkinson's on the right side. So I think if you match Drew Tranquil on his side of the field every time, I think you could easily have coverage on him. It's going to be what happens after the catch. So if he happens to get open and make the catch, who's going to come make the tackle? If Because if Tranquil gets beat, that means he's going to be trailing. So somebody in the secondary is going to be the one that has to make the tackle. That's where I get worried right now. And there's also guys with Danny Amendola who could probably be their third down guy. Yeah, that's a good call. If you cover TJ Hawkinson, 
who's going to cover Danny Amendola on third down? That's That's got to be Thomas Davis or it's got to be Adrian Phillips in my mind. Well, and they like to use Danny Amendola in that kind of Julian Edelman role. You can tell that Matt Patricia is trying to bring his Patriots kind of way over to the Lions, whether that'll work or not. I mean, probably not. But I wouldn't say that anyone on this team is going to cover him easily. I mean, I like Drew Tranquil, but he didn't play on defense last week. He was primarily special team, so I don't think the Chargers will bring him in. I also don't think the Chargers will have somebody, you know, shadow him necessarily. He did better last week than he really ever did at Iowa. I mean, he only had two games at Iowa last season where he had five or more catches, and he goes for six for a buck 31 and a touchdown in his first game. So the Chargers have been pretty good against tight ends over the last few seasons, but Danny Amendola is a guy that definitely scares me because he's a guy that can do enough, get those third down receptions, make first down conversions, and just keep the drives going. But I think the last thing you want to do for a team that really will give up the run at any time is to let them be successful at the run. I think if you can shut it down early in this game, you can get them to kind of move away from it because that's kind of what they do. I think the Chargers could have a bounce back game defensively, at least stopping the run. I think they can do much better than they did last week. But what scares me the most is having Brandon Faison as a starter, having the potential of having these two big wide receivers go down the field and and Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson really patrolling the middle of that field and having those matchups. So we'll talk about it more going forward, but that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Until next time, guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow, still previewing this game against the Lions this weekend and give you our predictions as well as our other keys for success in this game. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page, Lockdown Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Lockdown Chargers there as well. If you guys want to call in and get your voice on the show, we're going to be doing a voicemail show very soon. And if you want to be like everyone else who's going to get their voice on it, you want to call in to 323-524-7924. Get your voice on the show, guys. We play every voicemail that we get, guys. So make sure to call in to 323-524-7924 so your voice can be heard. But we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts. Before you use AI to transform your agency, you need to begin with trust. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com federal. IBM. Let's create.